business success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. Join RVK for the award-winning RV on Business Show every Tuesday at 12 midday. It's not about thinking out of the box. There is no box. Only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome to 101.9 High FM. It's 8 minutes past 12. Thank you so much for joining us. And on the line we have Nick Horn, who is Director and Regional Head of Citadel in Durban. Nick, welcome to High FM. Hello, Abby. Thank you. Just to say I was thoroughly enjoying that joke role that you were playing now. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. Great. Nick, thanks for hanging on the line for us. Let's get straight into it. Um, Nick, I think last time we spoke, I used the analogy about, you know, that you can work out how to do a root canal on your sub by yourself, just going onto YouTube, get all the information you need, but no one's going to do it. Yet everybody's prepared to go and find their own solutions to financial planning and their own reason to do their own investments when there's perfectly good help out there, there's perf- perfectly good advice out there. Let's just jump into it head first. Why would you advise someone not to DIY their investments? Right, that's a very broad question. <laughs> I think first, yeah, it's become very easy to do it, as you say. You know, you can just you can do it off your cell phone today. It, it, it's it's um. Uh, access to information, access to transactions, um, that's become ubiquitous. Right? So it's a very easy thing and a very tempting thing to do. The problem, though, is that the true value in, in, in long-term investing doesn't come from this perception that you can save costs. Yes, it is important. The true value comes from being able to compound your, your assets regularly over time at the appropriate level of risk. And... DIYing it on your own, it's incredible, even myself, um, I find it incredibly difficult to get my emotions out of my thinking uh-huh. in the process around even my, my own stuff. And the, the key to long-term investing success is, is time and, um, being able to diverse your, diversify your investments and create a resilient portfolio where you don't have significant volatility over time. Loss is your, is your enemy. And the only way to avoid that is, to diversify and to be active in your diversification, and that's very, very difficult to do on your own. Um, Nick, if you want, if you don't mind, let's just quickly take a quick break. I know this is a very short segment. Let's just quickly run to the shops. We'll be back with you in a moment. This is RV on Business. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. On the line with me is Nick Horn, who's Director and Regional Head of Citadel in Durban. Nick, are you still with us? I am, I am. Fantastic, right. Look, the main point you made just before the break was that emotions are a really difficult um, issue to deal with when it comes to investing. And that's why what the third party does, what the, the financial plan or the investment house does, is have the ability to take the emotion out of the equation and give you the long-term facts as they are and to adjust things as they're going along without it, you know, you feeling like your, your life's falling, the bottom is falling out of your life, so to speak, because everything's emotionally laden. What does that financial plan or the investment house do that takes the emotion out of it. What's their strategy? Well, let's use the word objective as opposed to and, and juxtapose that against the word subjective. So, I, look, I'm fortunate in, in my role in, in, in our business and that I'm whatever portfolio structuring I do, I do under the guidance of, of, of a highly competent investment team that right. does its research, does its work, um, and, and sometimes makes some kind of tough decisions, which I'm welcome to argue and debate about. But in the end... Um, a bunch of minds have got together and 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 reached a, a, a reasonable answer. And 
the key is that in a month's time, that could look different. Um, you know, markets might change. What do you do when the rand's at 16 rand? You know, we forget 2016, the rand got to 16 rand yes. plus to the dollar. What do you do then? The rand goes down to 1470. What do you do then? So it's dynamic. It has to be dynamic. The danger with emotion, and, and funnily enough, they often work together. So um, the, 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 the greed part is staying in too long. The fear part is, is the fear of missing out right. on, on what others are getting. And when those two work together, it's a very dangerous thing. Okay, so let's go through. You've got five key points, five key reasons why one shouldn't DIY it. Let's go through it. We've got a little bit of time, and let's unpack them one by one. The first thing is asset allocation. You know, I suppose when you when you say that, the first thing people think about is, well, either I can go equities or I can go cash or near cash. Flesh it out for us a little bit. What do you interpret asset allocation to mean when it comes to investing? Look, this might sound like a throwaway comment, but the first thing that I will say, if I said to you, I'll be, what is your, what is your asset allocation? And if you, if you can't just put it up on a piece of paper and immediately, it means you're not doing it. Aha. Uh-huh. It's doing it for you. So, so asset allocation is, is understanding it, and it's not about timing the market. It's about understanding whether to hold South African equities or not, whether to hold offshore equities or not, or offshore bonds, or offshore hedge funds, or whatever, and when to hold them, or, and, and, and how much of them to hold. Um, and when to change that. Um, we're heading, we, you know, we're at the end of a seven, eight year long bull market offshore. When do you start running for cover? When do you start taking risk off the table? Um, because if you don't, you know, markets are going to take that away from you. Um, so asset allocation is just understanding, um, what to hold, how much of it to hold, and I suppose to a degree when to hold it. Okay. So that's really what, and the beauty about it is that when you speak to a person like yourself, with the backing of a company like Citadel, it's not one individual doing the research. There's a bank of people doing the research, crunching through the data, and coming up with dynamic solutions on an ongoing basis. And that's what a client would tap into. Yes. Um, and, you know, we, we laugh about it. Um, I think it was Churchill that said, there's only one thing worse than arguing with your friends and it's arguing without them. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tension. It's a constant tension in our business. And it's a great tension because... You know, I'm cloud-facing, so I'm, I'm picking up the questions. I've got to field them and justify what it is we're doing. And creates a very healthy dynamic in how you actually um, create uh, resilient portfolios for, for your clients. But the importance of a sounding board and the importance of, oh, I've missed this. You know, I haven't maybe thought of that is, is unbelievably it, – it, it's vital. And that's, again, what you're doing on a daily basis by interacting with your peers and then feeding that information and that advantage through to the client. So that was asset allocation. Yes. On the other side, not a juxtaposed to it, I suppose, would be diversification. How does asset allocation and diversification work hand in hand with each other? Okay, so this is diversification is, is, is often confused. Um, you know, I get the comment, well, you know, I've got some money with company A and company B and company C, so I'm nicely diversified. That is a complete fallacy because they're, they're all smart people. And, you know, what are they investing in? Invariably, they're probably investing in very, very similar stuff. So as opposed to diversifying, you might well have concentrated with this illusion of this corporate layer. And, and all that's done is added, added fees or added costs. There's no economies of scale when one does that. So diversification isn't holding investments with three or four different advisors or three or four different service providers. Diversification is holding assets. You know, as I said to you earlier, if you can't tell me what your asset allocation is at the drop of a hat, you're not doing it. Right. Diversification is about holding assets that behave differently 
in the, given the same set of circumstances. And we often talk, we joke about it internally. You know, you, you can hold one asset class back, one outcome, and, and take the scenic route. You've seen those squiggly graphs yes. if you look at the history of equities. Or you can take the highway, you know, as opposed to the scenic route. And when you diversify properly, your portfolio should be, uh, behave in a way that cuts through all that volatility and compounds over time because compounding is what you're after. That is the key thing. Nick, Jeff just sent a message through on the SMS lines. Wants to know what's the difference between what we're discussing now and correlation. They're not, they're actually, it's, it's this, it boils down to the same thing. So correlation. So if you're holding two things that behave the same way, given an event, right? They're very well correlated, and that's not diversification. If you hold two things that behave differently given the same event, and often, you know, one, one would juxtapose bonds against equities, but okay. my favorite comparison is, is to, to maybe use cash and equities. You know, one behaves when another doesn't. Um, it's, it's, again, it's holding things that behave differently given the same event. So that so as- cor- a, a, a correlated assets aren't diversified. Uncorrelated assets are diversified. Correct. Okay, exactly that. So that there's a different flavor. In, as, you, as you were saying before, just because you've got two different companies, if you look at their main asset holdings, if they're similar, what have you done? You just added a layer of complexity. Correct. And cost. Exactly. Um, Nick, please hang on the line for us. We need to run to the shops again. We'll be back with you in a moment. This is RV on Business. Welcome back to 101.9. Hi, FM on the line with me is Nick Horn who is Director and Regional Head of Citadel in Durban. Nick, let's get into, um, what, you know, towards the end of the, the choices or the advantages, rather, that one has when you don't DIY your investment. And the other, the, the one point you make is managing, managing investment risk. You know, I think that is one of the biggest challenges a person has on their own. They go online, there's a plethora of things to choose from, and all you need to do is use a bit of a slider from moderate to conservative to aggressive. Does that really do it, or does one really need a team behind you to help you manage that risk? Look, most definitely you, you need a team behind you to, to manage investment risk. And, 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 you know, remember, if you're making investment choices in, in, in the industry, so again, let's go to the beauty parade idea of choosing fund A or fund B or company A or company B. Their job, to be very fair to them, is not to mitigate your investment risk. Their job is to, within the brief of their fund, hold a range of asset classes, um, and then try and perform relative to uh, a specific benchmark. Um, you know, whether that benchmark loses money or makes money, um, uh, is irrelevant. It's how they perform relative to that benchmark. So uh-huh. a happy conversation for them would be, you know, the benchmark is down eight and they're down four. That's a great conversation to be had in the halls. They're probably top of the peer group. It doesn't help you as an investor. Correct. So, so managing risk again is if, if you're wanting to put a plus sign in front of your return is I, I come back again to diversification, building a resilient portfolio that behaves in such a way that when you have negative volatility, the entire portfolio isn't impacted. Maybe a portion of your portfolio is impacted, but something else in that portfolio might have made money, which which offsets the, 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 the drawdown that you've had. Correct. That's what, well, that's what managing risk is. And that's really what it's all about. Is Again, uh, I think what the theme that we've had throughout our discussion is that, yes, you can do things on your own, but if you don't have the time, the experience, and the know-how to invest in managing managing it on an ongoing basis, half a percent or a percent is a very cheap price to pay for somebody else's knowledge, 
the backing that they have in order to give you the support that you need going forward and most importantly stripping the emotion out of the decision so they can look at things really objectively and and give you a, a far broader view and then just to end off crunching the numbers on your on on the decision ultimately i think one of the challenges that people often have is how, how have I actually done? What has the return really been? Um, what investment structure have I gone into? Where's the tax? How does that all work? And, I, and that's an important part, I suppose, about using a company like Citadel. Is that all that's done in the background automatically for you? Absolutely. You know, again, um, you should be able to pick up a, a report. And whether you've been a client of, of mine for one year, two years, three years, five or 20, and there are those... I should be able to tell you what your return has been since inception. Yes. Um, if I pull out the results of my of my share portfolio, all I know is what the current all I know is what the current shares that I hold have done. Correct. Not the history. Um, so, so yes, crunching the numbers is about paying close attention to what your entire experience has been with an advisor or with a process or or with a strategy. Um, the second issue, and, and, it, and it's a tricky one, is you, you in South Africa, you, you, you end up falling into a CGT trap potentially. You know, you, yes. if you've had a good run in global equities, say, for the last seven or eight years, and you, you know markets are going to come off, what do you do? You know, because if you sell or sell a portion, you're going to pay a lot of capital gains tax. So that's, you know, crunching the numbers becomes important, and, and often, you know, it's a cheap price to pay. If markets come off 20%, um, but you've been able to lock in that growth, you might have paid a little bit of that away in capital gains tax, but you're still comfortably up. So um, the other point is you can understand what the tax implications are, but not to let a good tax decision make you make a very bad investment decision. A hundred percent. Something I often say, and, and I've, I'd like to know your opinion whether I'm right or wrong, is that if you've got a capital gains problem on your portfolio, something's gone right. <laughs> yeah, there's only one thing worse than a capital gain, <laughs> capital <laughs> loss. So exactly. I, I agree with you. I agree with you fully. Fantastic. Um, Nick, let me just ask you, you, you coming, you, you run the office there in Durban and it's obviously, it's a, it's a smaller office than up here, um, in, in, in Joburg. But the, not that that's relevant, but the fact that one sits down with the financial planner face to face, how far does that relationship have to go? Because I'm often asked, like, you know, if I build a relationship with a financial planner, is that person coming to my children's wedding? Is that person, you know, going to be invited to to a lunch on the 25th of December? Are they coming to my daughter's bat mitzvah? Or is it a professional relationship where you feel comfortable with the person and when you pick up the phone that Nick knows who you are and remembers the last conversation and says, yes, it's time for a review. How does that relationship work? That is a a great question. Um, It it, it premises itself on the second second point you made. And the departure point here is that whoever is advising you needs to be able to be objective enough to give you good advice and not get embroiled in your own emotions. So, uh, I mean, I've got... I've got 20 year longer relationships with my clients, but you've got to be so careful of if you get too close in a non-business context, you don't want your emotions to be clouded. So, um, it, first and foremost, it's got to be professional, um, ice cold, but you also need to have great relationships with, with your clients. And, and, and the one thing that Citadel is premised on is, is yes, we are close to our fam, the families that we serve. Uh, we do know when birthdays are. We do know when big events are. Um, and I've got many clients that are friends, but it's premised on absolutely cold, 
hard professional advice around what we see happening in our markets. Because um, if you don't, you then risk losing the, <laughs> losing the friendship too. Absolutely, and that's it's, it's that fine line to 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 walk between brilliant service on the one hand and being abused by the client on the other hand. On the other hand, just being totally cold and callous, and you know, on the other extreme, just being too involved. It, 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 that's where the professional professionalism comes in, and and that's a fine stri- a balance to strike. But something I suppose that that's that's crucial for a client is. Are you comfortable with the individual that you're sitting in front with, in front of? Do you feel that they've got integrity and knowledge? And are you comfortable to share the most personal details of your financial stories with them? Because often they are the person besides yourself that knows more than anybody else. Yeah, look, I, again, I say it's a great question. I, I, my clients need to know that any decision that I make is, is done with 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 my my lens into their their affairs has got to be cold and callous and and hard not you know the the, the, the mathematical part of it is is absolutely that the relationship side is comes naturally from that but they need to trust me that I also don't use my emotion to make calls for them um, and that separation is important but they have to work together too if that makes sense absolutely does Nick unfortunately we're out of time but thank you so much for your time and thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Avi. Thank Great. you very much for having me. Thanks so much. That was Nick Horn, who is Director and Regional Head of Citadel in Durban. As I say every week, thanks to Citadel for um, you know putting the show together and sponsoring it. And please go along to the website. Great website. Everything's there. If you know anybody in Durban, ask them to be in touch with Nick. Numbers on the website. Citadel is your one-stop financial services company where you can get everything that you need. And uh, thanks for listening. Craig, thanks for pushing the buttons. We'll speak to you next week.